Welcome to Do the Right Film. My name's Thomas. My name's Steve. And I'm Harvey Gladden. Yeah, welcome back, everyone. Uh, we're coming at you with a review of Captain Marvel this week, starring Brie Larson. And uh, Sean's not here this week, so it's going to be us three again. If you have any issues with it, um, email uh, Do the Right Film. Oh, I thought you going to give him your personal email, or maybe Sean's personal email. Uh, I should. Bombard. <laughs> email Sean at Do the Right Film. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I forgot those we emails are set up. Yeah, email him and, and complain. We want to hear what you got to say. Yeah. Uh, and our topic this week, we're going to be talking social or political themes inside of films, like undertones, you know, snuck in there and whatnot. Um, just the general like premise of of putting those into films for audiences and yeah we're talking politics this episode I get ready think, i don't think we're, we're no talking. buckle up we're, we're getting into it we're gonna get in the weeds all right we're actually gonna just debate politics at the end of the show so stick around if you want to hear that <laughs> we'll also be talking about some of the things we watched during the week um if you're uh, if you're enjoying the podcast so far make sure to leave a review on itunes and, and let us know How's everything going? And yeah, we're on Spotify now too. If you do listen on Spotify uh, and you hate iTunes like some people do, uh, yeah, check us out on there. Other than that, um, how was everybody's week, Steve? Uh, my week was pretty boring. Uh, nothing going on. You can you can just you know move on. Jesus, that bad, huh? You know, it's not bad. It's just. Uh you know, it's it's cold in New York and uh just really waiting for spring to go back into running season and you know, just just you know, it's a lot of things going on right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We had a game night. Yeah, we did. We did. Um try to get you to play Risk, but no one wants to uh cuz Risk, loud music and alcohol, I just won't do it. I won't do it. I don't like these weird these weird rules for I guarantee I would have bet money. It's like a prerequisite like like, that understand. game would have failed hard. I don't think so. I really believe in us. I think we have the intent to span to like carry on. I don't think we ever even finished the game. We haven't, but that thing <laughs> is. <laughs> we just end up getting tired and be like, so he's probably gonna win. Let's because we let's look just at end it here. Well, look at it. It's either I say, you know what, let's divide because I'm usually top two. I'm always usually top two. Well, that's because you're a cheater. So. It's not being a cheater if you know what you're doing strategically. Just cheating, that's why I'm not playing with you ever again. He's using the weighted dice. The weighted dice? Yeah. <laughs> like he Every- does on this show. Everyone just I'll like dice. He's, I saw him in there with a file, like shaving the shaving the dice one day. <laughs> How would, how would that benefit you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting there furiously shaving the side. I'm sure there's a YouTube video about it, though. We'll watch it later. Like, how would you throw it perfectly? Right. <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, you know, that happened. Uh, that was pretty exciting. But, you know, maybe next time we can play some Risk. Never again. Harvey? Um, how was your week? My week was okay, I think. Um, I don't know. It's it's sort of blending together. I had some cake in there though, which was pretty cool. Just like where I had uh, some chocolate cake, like in the, in the house. Well, yeah, I I eventually brought it here. Yeah, just wait. Didn't tell anyone. I mean, it's just cake, it was bro. A slice why of would cake. You, why I'm would you not gonna. Why would I tell you? I don't know. I feel like if I had if I brought a cake, I think I would have shared it with you guys. Uh, like I should announce it. Like it's a. Uh, oh, we got cake here. A declaration. <laughs> I've got cake. Cake. <laughs> now one slice, man. Yeah, but um, that was pretty much the highlight of my week, I think. Um, yep, I, I I did go to the movies, but I want to save that. That's kind of a 
a special thing I want to unveil. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. That's usually what we do. <laughs> <laughs> usually at the 10-minute mark, if it's a bad episode, it's usually at the 30-minute mark when we start reviewing movies. Oh, but uh, shh, Don't tell anybody that ever happens. Yeah. I don't think it ever goes that long. Uh, that's I cool. Like I want to go back just to see if it does. No, out of curiosity. No way, no way. No there way. has to be one episode. It's probably like a f- 18 minute yeah. at the most. Anyways, let's not turn this into one of them. Uh, that's cool. My week was pretty good too. I also had cake. Um, what kind of cake? The fuck? I had two different types of cake. <laughs> Must be nice. So here's what happened. A friend of ours' birthday, right? <laughs> <laughs> Why Harvey sounds so genuine when he said that? Like it just like kind of hurt. So we we had a friend's birthday. Um, we invited that friend over. I cooked dinner, and we also gave them cake. You know, I was invited to this little shindig, but I was too lazy to go. Yeah, I figured um, you weren't going to come out and support my my cooking because I cooked. I heard you make steak, so yeah, I did make steak. Anyways, uh, so I gave them cake. But they had cake from their job, and they brought the cake over. So within the week, I've had two different types of cake. Which one's better? Uh, it's hard to say. One had like the one had better icing, mm-hmm. and one had better actual cake. Oh, so, so it's, yeah. It's, so which one was the best bike? Which was a good bike? So you guys want to talk about movies? <laughs> God, right. damn it. God, I'm trying to think. Did I leave any? Did anything cool happen to me this week? If I gotta you say think that, that probably not. Yeah, it's got to be one of my most unproductive weeks for sure, for sure. All right, cool. Let's talk movies then. Uh, so, Steve, you assigned me a movie. Oh, good. Yeah, you did. You almost assigned me a terrible movie, but I stopped you. <laughs> um, yeah. So you you had heard through the grapevine that I don't like musicals. It's a pretty public grapevine. I think, yeah, you told me. Uh, yeah, everyone knows. Yeah, everybody's tasted those grapes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you almost gave me Les Mis, and I was just like, you can't give me that. First of all, I've seen most of it, and second of all, it's unwatchable. <laughs> Literally unwatchable. But you did uh, say, you know what, I'll give you a different musical, and you assigned me uh, Sing Street. This is um, directed by John Carney. Starring, uh, let's see, Ferdia Walsh Pilo. That's a cool name. Uh, Aiden Gillen. Uh, we have Maria Doyle Kennedy, Jack Rayner, uh, a bunch of little Irish kids. Uh, okay, so let's get into it. The, the synopsis is a boy growing up in Dublin during the 1980s escapes his strained family life by starting a band to impress the mysterious girl he likes. So this movie, uh, all right, so here's my, my problem, Steve. I think we need to separate the definition of musical because I think people grouping musicals together is problematic. Any movie that involves music to me is not a musical. Because... What do you mean? Yeah, I was waiting for someone to say, like, yeah. All right, for instance, I don't think this movie is a musical. Okay, you're entitled to that opinion. I mean, but there are definitions out there that will say that it is. Yeah, I I, I think that, and you described <coughs> it as a musical, and I, I thought think, I was I getting mus- a musical. I, I um, I have a I have an idea about this too. What's that? And you don't think it's a musical because the songs are like uh, live performances, and they um, and that's why. Right, but and they also don't. They're not dialogue. The songs are not to be used All as right. dialogue. So, do you consider 
Grease a musical. Yes, because how was your summer? I'll tell you about my summer. But that's not Grease, though. Grease actually has dialogue. Right. I think it just has small no, parts. No, but I'm saying it's a musical because it uses music transitionally as dialogue. But they well, I don't, I don't think that it has to use music as dialogue. I think if it moves the story forward in any way, if it moves the plot or yeah. the story forward, then if, if music is a central theme and if music plays a heavy so part, so Bohemian in the Rhapsody st- no. is a musical. Bohemian Rhapsody is not a musical because the music is has nothing to do with the story or plot. I kind of feel the same way about this one because the the music kind of, but he writes the music about his life, but doesn't everyone? If those songs are like intertwined with the story and like not his, really, and, not really, because that's the thing. But Sing Street is though, like the songs that he writes is there's a specific. Yeah, but reason. that's every so- Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, there's a specific reason. He but wrote, I think Bohemian Rhapsody doesn't. I don't think it. I don't know. I don't consider that a musical. I feel like I feel like this particular thing, the the forefront, how the way it's the story is specifically about music <clears throat> and about the relationship between music. Well, so is a Star Is Born, but. I don't. That's not a musical. I would honestly. I feel like someone would might might would sit there and be like, oh, it has. It but we have to separate musical. the movies that but involve and center so around music versus ones like that a, are music. I don't know. I feel like list. we could make an official list. But I it, think I think it's cool when when you take elements from different like traditional like. I'll make one now. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I don't know. I, but I honestly, enjoy, those enjoy. songs could have been about anything with any lyrics. What Sing Street? Yeah, I like, don't know. Like, sure, they kind of, but I mean, he doesn't he, have. He has to write what he knows. He's just a kid. Yeah, I know. But I mean, at the heart of the the movie, I think it is at its own. It is a musical. But there's plenty of even like, though even though it's not like but them blatantly singing. It's not like Rent. Like Rent is like. But it's no different than like. like let's, uh, yeah, let's get to. What, right. what, did you like this movie? Review. Yeah, but but just review. one last point. Did you like this it, fucking movie? It's That's no the point difference than like any biopic about a musician who writes music in the movie. And the and the music is related to life events. I think I think I think with that argument, I think the biopic. I mean, because it is, it's a biographical. It's a biographical film, so it's like that's the forefront. That's what their the story is. Where this is not that the music. There's some is, sort of wall being broken in the musicals I'm talking about, where it's like yeah, because what you're used to is theatrical musicals. Like they're more like Broadway performances and shows. That's where you're used to. But they to. break the yeah. story. Whereas this music doesn't no, break the I mean, story. Not really. There's like, let's not get into the minutia. This right. this is a this is a topic for another day. All right. Well, I watched this non-musical movie. Um, it's a movie that happens to have musical performances in it. But it's uh, not a musical. It's not a musical because in the movie how they much, know they're performing. How much they, how much music is in the the movie? <clears throat> how much do they sing? Percentage? Uh, not nah, probably twenty. Nah. Yeah. I don't know about that. There's a lot of story. There's a lot of dialogue and story here. Did you like the fucking movie? All right. So, uh, anyways, <laughs> Sing Street starts off. Um, it, the first uh, thing you kind of see is this, this family. You have this older brother and this younger brother. You can tell they're obviously dealing with issues. Their parents are not getting along. Typical family shit, you know. Uh, and essentially, the family's like, look. We are going broke. So we're going to take you out of that nice school you're in and send you to the cheap school. And then when he goes to the cheap school, he, he kind of loses his identity and uh, he gets bullied a lot. And he's, he's just not used to such misfits running around, running rampant. And he has no way to cope with this. Um, he does meet a girl 
And that, There's always a girl. And that girl does inspire him to start a band. Now, this is the part of the movie I didn't like. Uh, it does ask you to suspend your disbelief for a very short amount of time, whereas he kind of just rolls right into being a songwriter and a fucking musician, and his band just kind of forms together effortlessly, and then you know they write music that it's likely kids their age would never write. Uh, and that's all that I don't like about the movie. Now, once you get past that and you just suspend your disbelief just a little bit, just to get over that hump, uh, this movie is a charmer. I really like this movie. Yeah. It is a sweet little movie. The The characters are very well written. Um, well, the characters that matter, anyway. You don't really like hear shit about the drummer or the bass player of the band. Um, and I, I related to it a lot with youth and, and just coming of age. And I just think it was, it was beautiful at times. And, um, uh, yeah, I think this movie really works for me because it's not a musical. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's, it's very charming. Um, they, they explore a lot of themes that like you normally wouldn't see like coming of age teen movies, like explore, like. He's talking to this bully, and you would never hear someone rebuttal his bully like this. Like, uh, like, what if you're a part of my world, like, and you don't have like have your own world? Like, he's pretty much belittling the bully in a Saying way that, that like, you're just you're like an ancillary character to yeah, my story. Like, yeah, you don't have your own. Dude, I was like, fuck yeah! <laughs> I was like, that's a, that's a hell of a way to deal with a bully. Um, yeah, and there's lots of uh very very touching scenes and and I really enjoyed it. <clears throat> Um, I liked this film a lot when I first watched it. Uh, it was it just, scared me though because I thought I was fucking. I thought I was going to be hearing dialogue delivered to me through music. I think, uh, and the reason I chose this one too is because I was like, it's like oh, I don't, I was, I was going to be a dick, and if you didn't watch fucking Lemas, I was going to make you watch that. But the fact that you see it, it's like, well, I think Sing Street is like the <clears> best <throat> compromise because it has music in it, but I think the music's good. And it, and oh, it the music is fantastic. And it I pulls, forgot to mention that. Yeah, it pulls all the all the music from like different like genres during the eighties. Yeah. So like you're just getting different fucking styles of like music that you kind of go like you get that part of the film like when you're like always trying to figure out what's my sound, what do I like? Yeah. And like you kind of see that in the the lead character. It's just like he's always changing the sound. Right. Of the band, right. Yeah. The, like a lot of the music sounds different. Um. Yeah. I'm that song, gonna... "Drive It Like You Stole It," it's fucking killer, man. I didn't remember. I haven't. Dude, that's, that's a killer song. I, I love that song. Like... Uh. Yeah. Uh. And then it has a very touching, ambiguous ending. Kind of not out of the realm of reality, but I yeah. really like how it ended. I really oh, love the, the brother. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not the prom, but the boat. The bo- no, I'm talking about the that drive it like you stole it. Like the was that is that that scene or no? Well, they wrote that song before, before yeah. the prom. Anyways, that's like their hit. That's the one hit right there. Um, <laughs> Music producer. Yeah, that's it. That that's your that's your hit, guys. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's a cute and fun movie. I really like the brother. The brother kind of acts as this like musical mentor. Uh, but is kind of detached from his life. Like he doesn't really know much about his band. He doesn't really go out of the house much. He's a college dropout. Um, he's very like, what do they call it introspective. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But his his brother's very very good character, and he uh has a scene with him towards the end that is very touching. And yeah, the movie really wrapped up so nicely. Like even my girlfriend who gets emotional 
pretty easily. She was like watery in the eye. She was like, that was a sweet movie. <laughs> yeah, I really love this movie. When yeah, it, came it was, out. It, was uh, it was a lot of fun. Very good. Um, and thank God there was no singing dialogue. Don't worry, the next one I'm going to get you. No, I refuse. No, that's not true. I love La La Land, actually, which is a musical. For sure. Harvey, uh, how was that list? Gave up? Um, yeah, no, I feel like I you gave it. up. Oh, I you made it, but there's only one movie on it. <laughs> <laughs> Grease. Grease? <laughs> no, Grease is definitely a musical. Is it Sing Street? Oh, wait, are you making a list of musicals that aren't musicals? What's your list? Well, it's just Bohemian Rhapsody right now. Oh. But, yeah, there's not a huge uh, audience that thinks that's a musical. Right. I'm going to get bigger. Okay. We'll see. Well, I'm going to go ahead and give this movie a four out of five. Nice. Solid. Nice. I like it a lot. I wasn't expecting it. You're welcome, it, se- it seemed too hipster at first. I was like, this is fucking, let me guess, Steve, it's just going to be a nostalgic movie about the cure I was like, is that uh, 2017? I think so. Yeah, I think so. No, it's 2016. When we first started the podcast, I'm going to pull us all the way back, and we're talking about some of our favorite movies of 2016. I think this was mentioned. Yeah, I may have put that on my list too. Had I seen it? Yeah. All right, cool. I didn't actually watch anything else during the week. Oh no! Been having problems with my movie pass. Um, yeah, I heard a little bit of it during... Uh, dude, they're savages, dude. They don't give a it's, fuck. It's pretty fucking dude, funny. Dude, I've never seen anything this like it. It's so like, there's like, yo, what is this? She tells she's going to put you on a... They're going to call you back? Dude, Harvey, never just real back. quick. <laughs> it wasn't even that. It was like, I contacted their chat, right? And I was like, hey, I'm having issues. You know, this is ongoing. I had the same one last week. If you pull up my records, I'm sure they don't fucking have records, but... No. Uh, the records are trash. They're like, can you, can you try logging, closing out the app, logging out, you know, open it back up, log back in. I was like, sure, I did that. I go back to the chat window, and I'm like, still not working. Um, is there a resolution for this? And they're like, we're very sorry to hear about this, and we definitely want to help you. We thank you for contacting us today. <laughs> and, and like, if they don't close that session, then you can't start a new chat. And I was like, hello, are you still there? Are you still there? This hasn't been resolved yet. <laughs> Left me on a red, dude. It's st- you can Brutal. still open it till today. <laughs> Damn. Dude, they're fucking she's, savages. She's I, out there, she's like, yeah, I ended I'm up, done. I ended done up not shit. seeing a movie that day out of principle, and I thought about getting on the train. I got to go to this office. I might have to go. It's like a... It's, they're so bad at customer support. You know they're right next to my office, It's almost right? admirable how bad they are. Dude, it's, it's savage, dude. They make like, the art about it. I need to go there, and I need to see a face. I need to see a human face. I'm pretty sure their building's right next to my office, so if you know where I work. I know where it is. Yeah. I've, I've looked. I almost went. All right. What about you guys? What did you watch? Fucking movie pass. <laughs> do you want to go or do you want me to go? Uh, I'll make my quinky dirty if you want. You can go if, you, if you'd like. Rush Hour 5? I watched two movies. I watched the pre-release of Rush Hour 5. I'll give it a 5 out of 5. It's great. Jackie Chan's still doing his thing. Where's Chris the fourth Tucker. one at? Uh, that's the thing. They uh, decided to skip the fourth one. Okay. <laughs> They're like, you know what? Reboot. Soft they reboot. Re- they replaced Chris Tucker with Kevin Hart. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I would fucking never watch that movie. They're both short. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to. 
I'll be pissed. Uh, so I watched this one film. It is an anime film. It's called Red Line, released in 2009. Uh, what? Red, Red Line. It's an anime. It's an anime oh, film, yeah. I thought you were... <laughs> I thought you were talking about that one, uh, that shitty Fast and the Furious uh, oh, knockoff. Red, I red, red, red. Just yeah. like, let me see. Isn't that it? <laughs> <That's> terrible. <laughs> oh man, they have two movies called oh, Red yeah, Line. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, I've heard of this one. <laughs> no, this is an anime. Uh, the most dangerous and exciting car race in the universe is held every once every five years. And t- see, th- this is there's a problem with this is the longest fucking synopsis I've ever seen. On dude, look how long this shit is. That's long as fuck. Yeah, long. That's not necessary. Sorry to cut you off, but in, in like an alternate universe somewhere. I watched that like, movie? No, there's like Red Line 8 right now, and Fast and the Furious was like the... The one thing. The one, <laughs> the one hit. Well, not one even hit the one wonder. Hit. Not even the one hit. It was just that. Yeah, but some in some universe, there's the fate of the Red Line. Why don't you read the IMDb right synopsis? Yeah, I'm going to probably jump on IMDb. It's very short. Is it really? Can you read it for me? I don't want to jump yeah, on. so the red line IMDb synopsis: a story about the most popular race. Wait, is that it? Yeah, most popular racing event in the galaxy, the red line, and the various racers who compete in it. Uh, so basically, that is the fucking movie, and it might think it's kind of shallow, but uh, this is actually one of the most like adrenaline pumping like animes I watched in a while. Like, it's basically about a, a racer named JP who is basically has like this rockabilly fucking like style to him. You know, he just rocks a leather jacket, has a crazy fucking hair. Yeah. And he drives a fucking, I think he drives like a, like, what is it? Trans Am or something like that. That's what he calls his car. And he, and it's just a weird science fiction, like racing thing. And just imagine, all right, imagine this. Wild and Racky, Wild and Racky uh, Racers. Remember that old cartoon from like, like, like long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Imagine that, and then just imagine like some guy was just like some like Japanese director or writer just sat there and was just like, oh, I can make this better. It's like that <laughs> mixed with Akira. Yeah, basically, and he just makes his wild ass science fiction like like adrenaline pumping fucking like movie where it just the action does not stop. So JP is just basically like. This wild fucking driver who just likes to race, and he just fucking likes to go fast. And then every other racer has this like gimmick or tries to do something crazy with their vehicles, but he's like, no, I just like having the engine, just like the road. And he keeps his shit simple, where everyone else is like has weapons attached to their car because within this race they can they can attack each other or kill each it's other. It's like motorball and Alita. I guess. <laughs> I forgot. I never even talked about the movie on this podcast. We have to talk about it later then. Uh, but yeah, and it's just like it's just a simple fucking story. But the animation takes it to a whole nother level. Like this movie's like beautifully animated, and it's like it, it's just so much fun. I say the end race is one of the most thrilling things I've seen in a while. Like that, but it's so you know what I mean by anime, Tom. Where I'm like, it's just it gets so ridiculous. Like a lot of dude, uh, inner, inner thoughts. There's a, oh no, that's the best thing. They're, they're they're saying what they feel, like everyone, but just gets so fucking buck wild. Like at one point, one of the cars transforms into a, a mecha, so it's just basically this robot just like flying down the fucking road, shooting other fucking. It's just weird, but it's just so much fucking fun, and it's just beautifully drawn, and it's. I would say, yeah, I haven't had that much fun watching an anime in a while. Like I was actually like. I was sitting there at the edge of my seat, like holy shit! Like, it it, it definitely it definitely was a uh, stylistically very beautiful. Uh, 
and I think it works with that short kind of simple story. Like there's nothing, there's nothing much to it in terms of, you know, there's, I don't think there's much depth. I think it really is just this like very self-aware piece of like fiction and it works, you know, um, uh, I wouldn't recommend this to like anybody who's like watched maybe just a few episodes of like, you know, the typical popular anime. Like if you don't like anime, I wouldn't recommend this. Or if you're not a fan of animation, like if you can't appreciate it, like in terms of like this, the work that must have been put into this, I don't think you're going to like it. What about if you only watch Speed Racer? I think you were. That's the thing. It's weird. You just only watch Speed Racer your life and you're like, yeah. you know, everything else. Fuck it. Judge everything against it's speed racer. You're like, eh, I don't know. What about, about I feel like initial D, man. Tom, I think you like this. I think you at least. I don't think you will love it, but I think you at least have a good time with it because it does just like it's just basically people racing the whole fucking movie, and it's a lot of fun, and it gets super ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I would say I would say this gets a this gets a nice heart, or it gets me the gets the like button for me. That's not a score. If you need a score, uh, man, it's hard to score this because it's like, I like I know I'm gonna co- I know I'll go back to this to rewatch it. That's how much I enjoyed it. Right. Uh, I would say I would say this is like a light four, man. I really like this. I think I'm gonna go back, but I couldn't recommend this. Like, what are you listening to? Nothing. A voicemail. <clears throat> Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. You watch anything else? Yeah, I watched this one documentary. Uh, called People's Republic of Desire. Eh? Yeah, this is... uh. Just to start off, I, I really enjoy this documentary. Uh, I'm just going to go off the bat, but I'm going to say People's Republic of Desire, released in 2018. What will you find if you pin all your hopes online? In China, popular live streaming showrooms, three... Uh, three mili- uh, so it basically follows the story of three millennial karaoke singers and stuff like that that kind of go from rags to riches on this social media site called YY. And it's specifically in China that this this social media thing is like huge. And what they do is kind of just live stream either them performing or doing comedy or kind of commentating on like even YY itself. And people tune in to like fucking just like... It sounds like Twitch. All right, imagine Twitch, but like it's, but people, and it has the same philosophy where people give money to them, like they'll donate whatever they have, but it's become like this obsessive thing within the community or within like, it's not even just community. I feel like it, it, it seems so big in China, like how it's like affecting not only just like, you know, the rich, but it's also affecting the poor. Like, so how the, how they structure the system is. You know, like Twitch, you have followers and then you have people that can subscribe to you. So people can just watch for free. But then if you really like them, you can donate money. But they have like another ranking system where it's like these VIP people who donate thousands. Like cam girls. But like like anyone. It's not just like restricted just to like beautiful women. It's like anyone could be like a star. And they have this competition every year, annual competition where they, where people put in votes for your favorite streamer. But when you put in votes, you have to donate money. So you just can't give someone like, oh, I give you a thumbs up, that's a vote. No, you have to donate money in order for them to get votes. And this shit goes up to the fucking millions. These people can pull them like almost like, one of the girls they follow pulls in 40K a month. 
I don't think that's unlike Twitch. I feel like there's Twitch. No, this it. Twitch is definitely like there's it's, this uh, is there's similar. Some top, there's yeah, some top streamers. Yeah, there's some elite Twitch. No, but this is like, like but this is like a thing. Like in America, you can have the conversation about Twitch, and a lot of people won't know it. But in China, like people know what YY so is. It's just like popular Twitch. It's super popular, and it's just like you you have these people, like I said, VIP clients who are like tipping in thousands. But then you have one more aspect of this kind of like pillar which is the agencies the agencies kind of take these streamers and they start feeding money into this system and the thing about these agencies they take like a, i think 30 percent cut of whatever they make so it's like building this weird cycle of like you know the vips and like even the low-end people who are tipping like whatever they can feed into these streamers and then if they're attached to an agency the agency takes a cut but still kind of feeds it's like basic it's the weirdest system i've ever seen like um, and and they're so aware of what is happening like the people involved are aware that agency exists but they 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 enjoy it so much like you know people are constantly watching people are constantly streaming and it's like i feel like i'm not talking about what the documentary covers it covers that aspect of like how this social media site works but also covers the stories of like you know Two in particular, like two streamers who one is a karaoke singer and she's like she's she was poor. And when she first started streaming, she like wasn't making much and then she started hitting that forty K a month and she became one of the most popular streamers that year. She won the event. What does she what does she usually stream? She just karaoke, she just sings, and then she talks to whoever's in the chat room. Okay. And she's just like and they literally would be like talking to people, like responding to their questions and then like, Okay, I'm gonna sing for you now and she would just sing. Yeah, and there's a. I've seen like th- Twitch streamers like that too, and there's like yeah, a, I've seen some like, non-gamer Twitchers yeah, like I've seen that, this girl yeah. that plays piano. She's yeah, like she gets a. She so gets so, what do you think of my too. odds are if I could like go in there and be like, hey, I'm just an American, and then they get why like, why I feel like you could maybe make a living because they, I think they thrive off uniqueness is well, something new within the industry. So I think you might have like a chance. I just need to get a Chinese person, like like translate or subtitle. No, they probably just eat it up. Whatever you have to well, say. Do you have to do something, or or could you just do it? Like <laughs> whatever, whatever show that I want to yeah, put you, on. It's just literally. It's like it's like you just could be like the Alex Jones of China. Yeah, you could be the Alex Jones of China. <laughs> They're turning the frogs gay. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the most. No, it's one of the most interesting documentaries I've seen in a while because it's something that didn't know existed. And I think it just provides such insight because, like, this stuff is killing these streamers. Like, the, the they're constantly just in front of the camera. They're constantly have to sell, like, sell whatever they have to do. They always have to put on, like, a face. And it's like you see their struggles and what they deal with, how it affects their family. Like, this one girl's dad didn't know what the fuck why I was and was so confused on why she was doing in the beginning of the documentary. And when it jumps in time, they were living in a fucking, like, a bigger house she gives him. She says she transferred over seventy thousand dollars to his bank account as like an allowance. He doesn't work, so he just lives with her and just like. And the dad said himself, like, "Yeah, she needs to keep doing this to support the family." And she's like twenty two, and she looks burnt the fuck out. She's just like, and it's so fucking sad. It's same thing with this comedian who's just like, who tries to get the number one spot every year, but he always comes in second, and he's just like, it, it, it hits him like emotionally, and he has like a wife and a kid, and he's just like. At the end of the film, he's like, his wife leaves him with their kid, and he's just like, I just want to see my son. Dude, it's depressing shit. I was like, fuck, man. I mean, yeah, if you work for money, eventually, no matter what your job is, that that could happen. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it was just, it was such a, I think it was a really well done documentary 
Uh, obviously, you know, it doesn't do anything interesting visually. I think it's pretty straightforward, talking head style. Like, but I think it prevents uh, presents the information in such a such a good way, and it, because it's kind of tricky to understand. I feel like I'm not doing it justice at all. Like, it just makes it sound like it's Twitch, but I feel like this is bigger than Twitch. This is like way bigger than Twitch. Like, there's like there's like a infrastructure, you like know. On a- yeah, it's like like yeah, it's like a giant infrastructure, and what it seems like a little bit, it seems kind of scary, and I hate to judge because I'm not a part of it, but it, it just has this weird dystopian fucking feel to it. I mean, honestly, I believe we'll I believe we'll get there too. Yeah, I, I, I think <laughs> yeah, I'm, see, I'm, uh, in a weird way, it's not hopeful. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll reach that yeah, point. If, if not Twitch, like if not Twitch, another one will get to that point. I believe um, yeah. we're already there. I mean, YouTube, you consider like YouTube bloggers and stuff. We're, yeah. We're getting there. And we definitely probably have more services, like more applications that do that. Yeah. Like Twitch I, and, and YouTube and shit. Yeah. This is just people, that, people get money just for reposting memes. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. I just, I just found it so interesting because it's a part of their actual like government. Like it's a part of their like their, because it, they actually opened up like YY was like this private owned company. Now it's open up. You have investors putting money into it. Like it's, it's a public traded company now. So it's like, it's like in their infrastructure. And it's effective. It affects even like poor people's lives, like people who don't make much. Like there's this one girl who said, "Yeah, uh, I'm gonna spend around like eight hundred dollars this month on, you know, feeding into votes for like my favorite streamer." She's like, and they ask like, "What? How much, what's your income?" She's like, six hundred a month." Mm-hmm. Like, the fuck? I don't understand. So basically, she's losing. I mean, obviously, she's, yeah, but you can't do that every month, or else you'll hit zero. But that's the thing. It's become like this weird obsession. Like it's. It's like affecting like just how the rich handle business and also how the poor being like kind of like it looks like they're just being manipulated and subjected to this. It started off as an innocent thing and then it kind of be when when corporations and like business people got involved, it just kind of corrupted it. Like I mean, capitalism, you know, most things in capitalism. Well, I mean, Facebook's corrupted too, you know. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. You're on there for free, but you're you're the product. You yeah, know? you're the product. That's why I don't have a Facebook. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's such a great document. I highly recommend. I think everyone should watch it. It's you can watch it for free on PBS. Thank you, PBS, providing us with great documentaries. People's Republic of Desire, four out of five. Heart. Okay. What about you, Harvey? Um, I saw a movie called uh, Capernaum. Is uh oh, is this a foreign film? Yeah, it's a Le- <laughs> Lebanese. Yeah. It's a, it was nominated for uh, best. Can you spell film. that for me? Uh, C a p e r n a u m. Capernaum. This was beside Shoplifters, my second like one to see best foreign language nominee. Yeah, uh, I believe Roma actually won best foreign film, right? Right, right. Um, you know, this is directed by Nadine Labaki. Uh, Zane, a twelve-year-old boy scrambling to survive on the streets of Beirut. Sues his parents for having brought him into such an unjust world where being a refugee with no documents means that your rights can easily be denied. Uh, that kid's a savage. Yeah, he's out here fucking everything. He actually is you a, know what? He is kind of a savage. Mom, in the movie too. why'd you have me? I'm suing you. Um, Nadine Labaki is actually in the movie. She plays uh, Zane's lawyer. Her name is uh, also Nadine in the movie. Uh, Zane is played by Zane and... Uh, we have a few other actors in here. Many of them don't have any other acting credits, so I assume that maybe some of them are uh, first timers or, or perhaps just not uh, on these websites' radars. 
Um, I saw this at a film forum, by the way. I just want to shout out the Film Forum. Film Forum? Uh, is that your first time there? Uh, that was my third time there. I've uh, only been to um, Film Forum once to go see uh, Never been. Vertigo. Uh, yeah. It's great. I always enjoy their uh, lineup. The sheets are very uncomfortable, though. Oh, yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I, just, Ooh, I don't know about that. Yo, I'm it's out. rough. The sheets are hard as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> They're like fucking seats. Like Did they go through renovation, too? Yeah, it did. They're like brand new seats, but they feel like... <laughs> 70, fucking budget ass shit. Seats from like a 72 Buick or something. Uh, the movie begins with Zane. Yeah, he's a 12-year-old Lebanese boy being led to a courtroom. Um, soon after, we discover that Zane is currently serving prison time at 12 years old for uh, stabbing someone. The movie is told out of order. Uh, something I'll talk about in a little bit. However, we're shown disconnected moments in the lives of this character, Zane, and other characters in the movie, all of which are at the court, and we hear their testimonies and uh, and uh, stories as we see them in the narrative. Um, I won't reveal who Zane stabbed. It's actually pretty central to the plot, um, and especially why. But... I think that you can figure it out very early in the movie anyways. It begins with an establishing like a very vivid sense of who Zane is in the beginning, where he comes from. Zane is one of many kids. At one scene, he's asked by, asked by this woman, Raheel, how many siblings he has. And he just says a lot. And you never really get any confirmation on the screen. And I think that sort of plays into how poor and destitute this family this family is because it's just kids running around everywhere and it's like an impossible number um being the oldest it complicates his life to a very real degree he's left with a lot of responsibility because his family is is so poor and he is one of the oldest all he wants to do is be a normal kid and go to school but he's stuck hustling and trying to escape scrape by with his family he's selling uh tramadol and uh juice on the streets to people with his with his brothers and sisters and he also works at this convenience store owned by this guy named Assad and Assad also happens to own the building that his family stays in and part of their agreement is that his family stays there and Assad basically works like a slave for him um, this movie is uh, very beautiful it's also heartbreaking and sort of soul crushing at the same time but it never feels completely hopeless and it's never without humor which is which feels very realistic to me much like, like how a real life is um, it explores the culture and a very specific I suppose socioeconomic class that we never get exposed to, or at least we don't in the states. And it has it's done with like a tremendous amount of heart and skill. It explores like conditions and 
Uh, it's like a new level of poverty that I feel like most Americans don't get to yeah, see every day. It is a, like, it they is, really don't. It's an insane level of poverty. Like it's, it's like almost scary. It's like that comment I made earlier about like that lady makes six hundred a month. You know, like that ain't shit. Like you, like they live in the little cramped fucking apartments. Like yeah, that's that sucks. Well, that's not to be confused. There's very like different. There's a lot of different levels of yeah, class exactly. in China, whereas countries like this, it's like not like that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, there's like such different levels that people. Will yeah. Probably but if you go to like Hong Kong, like, a lot of those people on the street have money, or not. Well, that's not China, but even Shanghai. Yeah. Um, what was I talking about? Poverty. Yeah. It's a terrible thing. It this movie explores like the conditions and like systemic repercussions to people that are oppressed to such an extreme degree. And I don't know, I think many of the oppressors are face faceless for the most part, but I suppose the biggest one is like an economic oppression. Zane was born into poverty and filth at no fault of his own or even his parents fault for that matter for that matter and this movie like beautifully like illustrates that inescapable cycle of that sort of system and it forces people to become horrible and sort of that cyclical nature of poverty and and trauma Uh, this movie was incredibly directed um She's, she also did uh, Carmel. I don't know if y'all have seen that or not. Mm-mm. It's a pretty good movie. Um, all the performances in his are very sincere and true to life. Like, I don't know if all, if the majority of them are first-time actors or not, but it, it definitely feels very raw, but it's it's very good performances, uh, like, all around. Um, and it's shot also with a lot of care and a lot of fucking skill. Um, I think that, uh, I don't know. I think I could have put this over Roma if I'm honest. Ooh. Um, Whoa. But I'm not, I'm not mad at that decision either, but I think uh, either of them could have taken it. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm very, I've watched the trailer for this several times thinking like, this looks crazy good. It is very fucking good. Uh, what, uh, how, how are we doing on the emotional side? How are you feeling? Um, <laughs> I went with somebody and they were crying for okay, so I'll a good portion cry. of the movie. Um, I thought it was just like allergies or something. They were like, nah, <clears throat> Someone was sweeping. You want some? You want, <laughs> you want some what's the allergy medicine? Fucking Claritin? You want some Claritin or some shit? You're just looking at them. Wait, you thought it was allergy medicine <laughs> while watching a sad movie? <laughs> Insensitive fucking... I mean, no, I definitely recognize <laughs> sadness, and there's some moments where I almost broke, but I knew that you got to be strong. I'll, yeah, I already had like such a. But I knew it was just a fucking movie, so I didn't. I didn't well, no, I just <laughs> I had such a lack of control over my nose already because uh, I was a little bit sick. If I had cried, I would just lost all control, and stuff would have leaked like, out of my <laughs> face like, forever. You just look over, you just the artist yeah. is just like Ugh. I would have been a mess. <laughs> but it's it's a solid five out of five for me. I think that um Alright, this is uh this is, is making me feel inferior. I need to catch up on these yeah, movies. Shoplifters I, on Amazon if, now. If I had seen this last year, this would have been in like my top five. I might sure. watch Shoplifters. How yeah. much is it? 
Uh, five bucks. Ooh, I don't know. Might want to wait. Uh, is shoplifters in the same like category of good or? Yeah, I it, think so. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I put it this always over. seems that the foreign films up for best pic or best foreign language at the Oscars are always incredible, but when it comes to best picture, half of them are shit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't get that. Just like, can they not be in the same category? I don't understand that. Well, Roma I was. I don't. I don't understand why anything I think, else. I think Coron probably had some privilege there. I think he. I think uh, one of the studios is probably an American studio. Yeah, but I feel like it's best picture, not best American picture. Distributed it, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if that's how it works. I feel like I don't know. Man. Anyways. Hollywood's out of touch. Yeah, that's true. Anyways, I, think, I, I don't know why we're arguing this. Studios. I just remember there's a scene in the trailer he's being pulled in like this little on like a skateboard or something, on a bridge or something. Yeah, that's, and I was just uh, like, I I gotta see this movie for sure. Yeah, I don't know why you're waiting. Well, <laughs> king of waiting over here, talking shit. Never gonna watch it. You'll never force me. I mean. You're saying A Star is Born, but there's like 12 other movies, too. Maybe 1,200 other movies. That I missed out on? You've not even seen Moonlight yet, right? I've already seen Moonlight. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. What the fuck? You gave it to it's me. It's one of those. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You never would have saw it otherwise. You you never would have saw it. Is that all you watched this week? Yeah, that's it for me. Well, five out of five. I'm interested. All right. Man, it seems like everyone watched some good shit this week. And, I mean... For the most part. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about Captain Marvel. Here's a clip. How long do you plan to be in town? Oh, I'll be out of your hair as soon as I track down the scrolls that are infiltrating your planet. Scrolls? Shapeshifters. They can transform to any life form down to the DNA. Oh boy, you guys don't have any clue, do you? Whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on. How do we know you're? Not one of those Jake shifters. Congratulations, Agent Fury. You have finally asked a relevant question. Oh, congratulations to you, Star Force lady. You're under arrest. Quite the clip we got there, right? Yep, I love that clip. This shit's so good. So good. Okay. So, Captain Marvel. It's, uh, synopsis is, Carol Danvers becomes one of the universe's most powerful heroes when Earth is caught in the middle of a galactic war between two alien races. Never heard that plot before. Um, this is coming at us from directing indie directing duo uh, Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, who are behind a lot of indie movies. Which Half Nelson. Half Nelson's one of them, yeah. Um, they, Marvel does this a lot where they pull these like... <laughs> what the fuck? Whoa, 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 get into it. Um, so it's starring Brie Larson, Samuel Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, which seems to be in every fucking blockbuster now. Like, hey, can we get Ben? Just wait, wasn't Ben Mendelsohn another fucking hero movie? He was in Ready Player One. He, all right. I and feel then like he, he was in something else. Yeah, I feel like he was in Star Wars. Wars too, he was dude. also in, what else was he in? I swore I saw him he's in, like, in. he was a villain in, like, an action. Batman. Super. Well, that was a long time ago. Nope. <laughs> Maybe I am thinking that. He was in a Robin Hood, um, Darkest Hour. Star he was Wars. in Robin Hood. He was in Batman. The man's everywhere. I, I love Ben Mendelsohn, but I just don't know how I feel about his his current situation. I'll always love Ben Mendelsohn. Same. All right. Yeah. So this movie uh, is coming at us from 
Yeah, I already said that. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, what did you guys think of Captain Marvel? Marvel. <laughs> Captain Marvel. <laughs> uh, is it a is it a worthy entry into this MCU? What do you guys think? I'll go first if that's okay. Yeah, I don't care. I, I have no notes, so this is just off the top of my have, head. I don't have any notes either. It's like um, we're, we're doing jazz today, guys. So I believe the very first shots of uh, Captain Marvel are of like dirt and uh, like sparks from possibly like a gun blaster, some sort of I don't know space high space weapon. Yeah, I'm blast. assuming I'm assuming it's a bl- it's a blaster photon. They're very visceral and very cool shots that start off with. So I got very excited, and soon after we realized that it was a dream of a. Uh, Carol Danvers, or well, except her name is Veers. I like her name better. Yeah, Veers is a pretty cool name. Um, she's having a nightmare. She has these recurring nightmares about a woman and uh, a terrible situation. And uh, she has no idea who the woman is or what the situation is or why she keeps dreaming of this woman in this situation. But uh, her friend and also her superior, uh, Jude Law, tells her to um not to worry about it and that all will be uh laid out real quick a, sorry for interrupting i have a quick question about jude uh, law yeah is he not aging because i feel like he's not aging is i feel like he's, oh, he's aging, aging or his, his hairline is aging for sure i feel, I feel like, like he looks way too old in this i feel like he looks like you know what it looks like i feel like in other movies they made him look old so now that I see him now, it's like he's look. They're making him look young. So my my brain is like very just like. I think I think he looks old. Really? Yeah. Okay, maybe it's just me. Yeah. All right. He, sorry, you can continue. I about think he the, definitely looks like a lot older than uh, I don't know. But anyways, in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, he keeps Hello, telling her. Teens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be him at some point. I mean. Oh God. All right. Sorry, Jula. Yeah. Jude probably is a good guy, right? I think yeah. so. I think he slept with his mate, though, didn't he? Yeah, I think he did. And some prostitutes, too, baby. But <laughs> I don't... Anyway. It's consensual. Yeah. Anyway, um, Veers keeps having these dreams. And uh, I believe his name is Jan in this movie, or Jan Rog or something. He tells her that the... Uh, what is that the name of that thing? The great intelligence the supreme intelligence the supreme intelligence the supreme which is a artificial entity that sort of guides their way of life on Cree, i suppose and um he tells her not to worry that she'll soon find the purpose and the reason behind these dreams and it'll all be made clear by the supreme intelligence and they end up going on a mission and carol is essentially knocked out and when she wakes up she's been uh captured by the scrolls and they are probing her mind trying to search for something in her past and she is revealed it is revealed that she has these memories of this other life and soon everything comes into question about who she is and what is her purpose and the reason that she's a Cree and hunting down scrolls um i like that i like brie larson for sure in the role of captain marvel i think that she has, uh, she's very charming. She's somewhat of like a, um, I don't know, the woman version of one of the the, the other Marvels. <laughs> I don't know. One of those other Avengers? Yeah, one of those other Avengers. I think in terms of le- leading her own uh, solo movie, I think she definitely has 
the charisma and the charm for it and definitely the acting skills. I think where this movie lacks is um, it's it doesn't do anything tremendously new. And um, I think that the way it, it falls into a lot of tropes of, of other movies, especially in their writing as well. The writing is also just seems very unimaginative and uh, and sort of stale. I think that... Um, oh, cool. We're talking Miss Marvel? We, I think... Captain Marvel is such a unique character um, by the nature of her story and who she is. I think some really cool things could have come out of this, out of that foundation, but I think this product was a bit stale. I called it a product. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> because it is. I mean, that's, that's a very, Basically, a very good way to... Uh, I didn't try to say that, but yeah, it kind of feels like that. Um, that's what it is, bro. I liked... Uh, some of the, some of the comedy I think works, a lot of it doesn't. I think that they had opportunities in this to uh, many opportunities to play with the uh, the characters and and the stories behind them, like the scrolls and their ability to change into anyone. They sort of did that with the old lady, but it, I don't know. There was so much potential. I feel and um, I feel like a lot of a lot of Captain Marvel's potential was squandered, um, which is a shame because I really like. Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, I think they've they've made some of like my favorite movies in the last like decade. It's strange to me that this came from them. Yeah, I think it's bizarre. Uh, yeah, I think that also at the same time it sort of makes sense to me if I'm honest. Um, I think that getting like just indie directors to direct these blockbuster films is kind of a mistake. I think some of them can do it, but some of them like this isn't what they do. Like uh, the, I think another big disappointment was the action sequences i think oh, the fighting I hated was that. the don't fighting even, was don't even uh, remember them yeah you know, the fighting was like unspectacular and it was also very confusing to me and i was it was wasn't shot very well and i think that some of that would have to do with them not shooting they've never i've never seen an action sequence from them and that's and that's not necessarily a bad thing it's just that that's not what they do and uh, I, you know, the this, action in this is some of the worst I've seen in oh my recent God. Marvel movies. This is like hitting me so hard right now because when you said that, I didn't know who directed this movie until you guys said it. I'm just thinking like, he's like, they make some great shit. These really just like thought-provoking character studies. Yeah, you know who grind. should we give this franchise to or this fucking movie to? Let's give him Captain Marvel. Let's let's go ahead and give them that. Like, uh, strange. Where was the nuance or the depth in any of the characters? Like, man, I don't know. This is such a weird fucking film to give these directors. Like, it's like Taika. Like his he worked so well for Thor because I think it's just he he understood the absurdity of it. I think there was like an understanding like the stuff that he. It, it seems like it just melds really well. Knocked it out like, of the park. Uh, I heard I heard Iron Man three was I've never watched it but I heard that was great with uh Shane Black what you know when he did that I heard it was very I never seen and I heard Iron that Man. worked well I think for that, most people I think Taika I don't know I'm, I'm assuming a lot but I think he sort of he steered the movie into the direction that he's strongest at which is like comedy and especially like quirky and awkward and different and comedy. I feel like he had more control or this something. this seems Probably. such a weird movie because all these though it might like. They might have a little bit of humor, like some of them, like I would say Mississippi Grind is one that has a little bit more humor than uh, some of the other stuff they did, or even like it's a kind of it's kind of a funny yeah. story. What they're good at though is, uh, char- like character building and creating interesting and believable and just 
very interesting characters, but there was there wasn't much of that in this movie. I either. get them directing it, but what's weird to me is that they're credited as writers. Are they? Yeah. Well, it's because they're on set one day. He's just like, you know what? I uh, I think we should switch that up. I think no, I just don't it. understand how they wrote this. But well, they probably didn't for the so, most part. Yeah, probably they probably like, doctored it or something. Uh, but uh, I don't know. This uh, I guess I'll jump in real quick. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of this. I, going in, I, it's such a weird film to to launch. Like I think they shouldn't. Have, I don't think they should have put this story out at this moment in time when Endgame is coming out in like a month or something, right? Or something like that. I don't know. What's well, I think... At. It's just weird because I feel like I'm we got sure to... Intro- have a strategy behind it. Of course, but I think they implemented Spider-Man so onto the MCU with Civil War. Like, he didn't get a prequel movie or anything. They just threw him in there and then we got his own separate film after the fact. You're throwing her in at such like a weird point of time for the MCU. It's, it's just like... somebody's about to die and she has to replace them. I'll, we all know what's going to happen and everyone's going to be on Twitter. Man, Marvel just did that. I'm like, Marvel always does that. And guess what? And like two other movies are going to come back as a different character. You know, like don't be surprised when Marvel kills off a character because we all know what's going to happen. Yeah, uh, I mean, in the age of like television where that's literally all TV shows are now, it's just shocking people with character kill-offs i mean yeah, game nobody th- should be surprised yeah game of thrones fucking built the first three seasons off of that dude and it's been yeah. riding ever since <laughs> who'd they kill like it's like everyone's like oh who'd they kill off this time like really is that it why worked. you're watching this yeah it worked for the first you know it worked because it's just it was obviously different from what we we're getting and plus i'm a big fan of like fantasy but of course uh let me talk about this movie instead of game of thrones <laughs> So uh, I think Harvey really hit the nail, uh, the nail on the head. It's the, I think the one word to describe is just stale. It's just stale. Like I just I was bored a lot of it. I was like texting you guys, and I'm a big proponent of not having your phone on the movies. But I was just like, it was just like the action sequence came up, and I just didn't care. Uh, Brie Larson, she I feel like she was just kind of like all over the place. Like she had when she was like likable is when she was kind of snarky and had a bit of an attitude. And that's when I liked it the most. Uh, but then, you know, there's just, I don't know, but there was mo- majority of the time where I just kind of was indifferent. I, I know I know what you're talking about. That sometimes it's, I felt like her character and, like, t- the personality was a bit, like, uh, weird. It, it flip-flopped. It was strange. She Is has that like, what you were saying? Yeah, like, and she had, like, these gray moments. Like, she would say something, and then she does, like, this weird quirky face. And it, make, <laughs> it made her likable. Like, you're just like, yeah, she's cheeky. Like, I like that, all right? Like... I fuck with it. And then, but then she has these other moments where it's just like, is this the same person? Uh, I think there's like, there's one part of the film which I feel like it was undeserved. I feel like it just didn't build up to it well. And I'd say it was like near the end of it where like, you know, spoilers, the hero always finds a way to win. And you know, that dramatic moment where it's just like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Where it's just like, you know, she always gets back up. And I feel like that was so. back on her horse. I felt like it was undeserved because we didn't get any of her real backstory. Everything's told through flashbacks. And I think when we first see that flashback sequence, I think it's really cool. I still don't understand her backstory. But the thing, exactly, like you don't know who she is. Nothing is explained. It's like all flashbacks. And it's just like when we finally get that moment where, you know, she's supposed to be triumphant and we're getting flashbacks to her past. We're like, we don't, we don't still don't know her well. No. You know, uh, Sam Jackson is in this movie uh, playing Nick Fury. Uh, he's oh. okay, I guess. Uh, my favorite character, though, I have to say, is the cat. The cat's pretty cute. Uh, I don't know if people know, but I'm a big fan of orange, orange cats. It was a pretty cool cat. Weird, because I've I've heard some anti-cat rhetoric come from. Uh, <laughs> <don't know. laughs> 
Really? On like letterbox? No, just in in passing, you know. Oh, like in like our friend group? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a fan of Orange Cats. They're pretty cool. Basically, what you're saying is like, I just you know I'm not. A big you're, f- you're you're you're. I'm anti fluffy cat. Discriminating against your cats. Just all of them except orange ones. You know? Yeah, basically. Uh, it's like when racist white people are like, oh, you're one of the good ones. <laughs> That's the equivalent? Yeah. All right. You shouldn't be doing that. You should accept all, all cats for who they are. Uh, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is what this movie is. There was one point in near the end where there was this big action sequence, and I sat there. I'm like, I really need to take a pee. And I got up and took a piss, and I missed the whole action sequence. That's how I felt about this movie. Like I just I missed it too, and I was there. I was. <laughs> I just didn't care. This movie didn't bring any any new light into the MCU. Yeah. Uh, it, it's kind of just like harkening back or making call backs, I guess, to like previous films. Like, oh, that's 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 the Kree we saw in Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, it all connected, and like, but we already knew it's all connected. It does a. It does a lot of that too, and it's it, just it like tries we've connect, already known. It tries to connect the movies and connect the stories and build on something that isn't necessarily interesting. Instead of focusing on just the making characters. a cohesive yeah. story with cool action, yeah. You know? I think um, what I find interesting about this movie is that Marvel has seemed to backpedal quite a bit. I was like ready to give them the, the benefit of the doubt, and and I talk a lot of shit, but I keep enjoying their movies, right? The last Spider-Man Homecoming, a lot of fun. I'm like, the whole time, I'm like, fuck Marvel. And they keep coming at me with Infinity War. I'm like, holy shit. It was actually I, fun. I, I really enjoyed Infinity War. Civil War, really enjoyed Civil War. Then they gave me Thor Ragnarok. Black Panther was pretty good. Um, it was new. and, and Ant-Man and the Wasp was... <laughs> Oh yeah, that wasn't good. But the first Ant Man was very good. So Marvel was on it. was on this. No, the first Ant Man is very fun. Um, I think Marvel is on this uphill like stride where I was starting to actually. Is it like a roller coaster? Like it's just like it's always just like these like a batch of films that are good. It's trending upwards though. And then and then just. But this seems like a huge drop for me. This goes back to like the original Thor almost for me. Like Doctor, this reminds me of Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange is worse. Doctor Strange is definitely worse than this, but it's not much worse. So a little bit about the character. Uh, I don't know if I don't think it was Brie Larson's character supposed to be robotic, but I just didn't enjoy her performance at all. Like I I just seemed like the dialogue was like there's no pause in between her responses to people. And it was just really like way too snappy to where it felt really unnatural and just everything felt forced. And uh, yeah, I did not enjoy her performance. I do like her, but I, I think they could have got any girl to play this. I think um, uh, I agree. I and people like are defending this in the it. same light as Wonder Woman. I did not like Wonder Woman. I might even put Wonder Woman above this though. I was thinking that on my walk home. I'm like, it's like they're both like watchable to an extent. But I feel like I think I got more out of Wonder Woman than I did out of this. Yeah, but then I'm thinking back on certain parts of Wonder Woman where the cringe was just so heavy. Um, but this movie was also pretty cringy. Um, I with the with the female empowerment like this to me is just like when it comes to female empowerment, the fact that people are celebrating this but not actually going out and seeing real female centric movies is just like. It's it's such it's it's preposterous and 
essentially there's a scene in the movie. I don't care if this is a spoiler. It's not really a spoiler. Spoiler. Skip 15 seconds. It's not a spoiler. You should hear this because it's bad. And it should deter you from even seeing the movie if you haven't yet. But there's a scene where she gets knocked down and she's fighting. And then she's like, you know what? She gets back up. Starts kicking ass to the soundtrack of No Doubt, I'm Just a Girl. And I was just like, and I was just like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, yeah, we know you're just a girl. Little old me. I was just like, this is so on the nose that I I was just, my, I almost like didn't, my eyes almost rolled so far back that I wasn't able to like get them back in front my yeah it's yeah that's pretty bad i I was like what is what is this shit that was the most prototypical fucking female empowerment yeah and just some the music was just Uh, all over the place it wasn't it all over the place i was like they're just injecting some random ass music like there's remember the 90s guys it was fun right the 90s but wasn't it the 2000s no it was all the 90s there was some tlc guys remember no there was something in there that led me to believe it was the 2000s I can't remember it. What do you mean? Like when when she went back and first on Earth, I feel like there were parts of that where I was like, "This is in the '90s." I think they messed up. Well, yeah, it was the '90s. I just don't remember. Yeah. I, I I know that because well, there was a a couple things. Actually, it may have been the late '80s. I don't remember. No, it was definitely late '90s. What? Okay. I mean, they're playing Nirvana too. Mm. One of those. That was such a weird scene. And she's like, ooh, cool. the music's a nice touch. Yeah. You could tell she didn't even know what the music was. they were going to put in the post. Yeah. Like, they put the music in post, and the actress didn't know what the music was. I feel like there there's so much cooler ways you can implement a soundtrack and harken back to a certain era without being this fucking cringeworthy or cheesy. They were just, they were just constantly trying to remind you or trying to really pull out that nostalgic heartstrings. Just like, it's like, oh, the 90s, guys, remember? I don't, I'm pretty sure the 90s weren't that great. Let's be honest. This but, shit uh, was just too on the nose. It was just like it was so, so obvious. Like it was just the fucking the dude cat calling from with the motorcycle. Oh yeah, yeah the dude, Radio Shack. Radio smile Shack. Smile for me, baby. The dude on the motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, smile for me, baby. Can you give me a smile? What the fuck. Like yeah, we fucking get it. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Like we're terrible. It's, it's just like shit like this, and it's just it's like a consolation. Do prize. we sound like assholes? I hope not. We might, but like, and then our friend had this I like, this is our, I people, I think people are being so fucking over dramatic, and that's going from me. They're like, well, now little girls can finally look up to that and like realize they're the hero. I'm like, I'm sure they watch plenty of fucking cartoons where there's female heroes. Like, this movie is not going to be the de- girls. This, yeah, dude. This. this movie is uh, not going to be the deciding factor of them realizing that they can also be there's, strong. Like, there's uh, a there was an interesting fucking. Uh, I was watching uh, this one YouTube channel. They were talking about uh, Annihilation last year, and they were saying it's just like, it's just like, I love when people bitch that there's not enough strong female leads and like a female cast, but you know, they, they love Wonder Woman, but they skip out on this fucking gem, you know? And it's like, it's well, it like, goes back movies, to what I just said. I yeah, mean, it's just like, there, it's out there. It's just no one wants to look. And then the thing is, you're being, I don't mind that, like, I like that this shit exists. I want more diversity. I'm currently reading Miss Marvel. But when you and force it's like, it it's like good. this, it just it's feels fucking gross. really good, and I think people should read it. I want to talk about the. But it's just like, but I, I think there's a right way of doing it and a wrong way of doing it. And I think like currently, what I'm reading, I'm like, I like this. What I watched in the theater, I did not like. I was just like, I was like, I'm just gonna go back to reading the comics. They're out there. It's just like, don't give someone a, a mediocre I mean, paint by numbers actually, product. For Christ's sake, the movie we saw last 
week was a better example of female empowerment in my eyes. What do I'm gonna talk about the cinematography really quick? Yeah, was, was there any? That was just all CGI. It looked, yeah, a lot of it was CGI, <laughs> and uh, the stuff that it wasn't was uh, just really unpleasant to look at. Um, I was actually kind of excited for that because in the trailer, like the way the blockbuster scene is is shot, or at least the exterior, um, I don't know, it looked really cool and it looked interesting and it reminded me of, I don't know, some things that I like. And um, this movie is just one of the worst shot Marvel movies that I've seen. It it was so, it felt so amateurish and um, the fight scenes were incoherent a lot of it was just really fucking dark i don't know if it was lazy man the theater that i saw it in but it was like really dark and i couldn't tell what was happening (laughs) i think it's the theater (laughs) yeah like fight scenes were just completely incoherent um also the editing was just like the i don't know if it was editing or the writing but like the first part half of this movie is just confusing as fuck um but the the shifting timelines and and the the backstory and and making those connections this was I feel like we're shitting on this a lot but it's just sloppy it's just a no, sloppy no here's here's why I don't feel like any like moral decay from shitting on this fucking movie because they know better like they have the budget they have the money and what they're they doing they have the talent they have the talent they can hire anybody they fucking want to choreograph the action like and the and they don't do it not because they can't afford it because it's not necessary for this product. They're, they were like, put the Marvel. We have a tried to formula. Let's sell it. Just put it. Yeah. Just get paint by numbers. It's like how, if, if a fucking hundred thousand dollar Indonesian film could have better action than your movie. Like you're, you're obviously not trying. You're just fucking, you're, you're just trying to get people in the seats and you're, you're trying to sell the, a product. And like, I don't understand why they can't get like, well, this is a discount product, but you don't want to, you watch an action scene. You're like, fuck, that was sick. I think like, she deserves instance, a better this, fucking movie. That's yeah. the only thing. It's just like it just yeah. sucks that you get this movie before Endgame. I this think, is probably going to be forgotten once Endgame comes out, and this. it's bullshit. I'm going to make a prediction that uh, Captain Marvel two will be better. I know for a fact Captain Marvel two is going to be better. Have a bigger budget, <laughs> and uh, they're going to put better people on it. I bet it'll be better. It's gonna. It's and well, it's just it weird. Might be Taika. That seems to be the trend with. Um, you do. You know what you need. You just need to have like. Dude, you do not get Marvel is great at sequels and terrible at. Originals. You have to get. I feel like there's just a certain group of people it's a gamble, who. Are, I guess. Gotta, I think there's a certain group of people. I feel like Taika is one of them. I feel like uh, fucking James Gunn is another one who they're just good at space I don't Marvel know if movies. It's, I, yeah. it's just like if you just literally just just don't set them on Earth and just go onto outer space and just do weird shit because in the beginning there was just like some really cool shots of like the world, like the city they reside in. What was it, Hala? And it was like beautiful. I was just like, oh man, this is like this is the kind of shit I like. Even the lighting, it was just like in the use of colors, it was exciting. And then we go to Earth and we just get desert and just like I was just like, okay. What? what but I don't know. I just from like, all that, I rather I don't know. I rather like this movie has spent a lot more time. I just rather it be in space. I, I like just, I like my I Marvel just, movies in space. What happened to like being nervous, like and on the edge of your seat, like at least you know, like none of that exists anymore in these fucking movies. I mean. Aside from the last like two or three, but yeah, I mean, there's no stakes. It's very similar. It's like the first couple Avengers movies without a, a large cast, just one person. And it just doesn't work for me. Uh, I like the cat too, though. The cat is probably giving this movie a star for me. Yeah, this the cat's definitely get you get one star for the cat. Uh, 
Man, there's like all right. I'm gonna say this: the Stanley cameo is kind of nice. Um, because yeah. but R.I.P. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's not a horrible movie. It's not. I think it's still watchable. It's just it's just you you've seen it once. You've seen it you know a thousand times. Like it's watchable in the sense that like you can sit there and watch it, but to keep you entertained. For me, it just didn't keep me engaged enough. Like I was, like I said, dude, during a critical action sequence, like near the end of the film, you do not want your audience to just easily get up and walk out to go do something else. If that happens, you that that scene has failed. I just don't understand why we can't have these movies be thrilling and full of action. Are there people out there that think they are? Like, for instance, like. People can do so much with the smallest budgets, and they can't do anything with these. Like Hardcore Henry, yeah. absolutely ridiculous movie, but literally it's eye candy. And like, if you're gonna make an, a movie with action in it in this day and age, with all the fucking historical monuments of action movies we have behind us, why not keep that trend going? Just it just seems so weird. It seems like marketing, and they're just like, you know what? We're it's gonna movie cut. Movie made by committee. We're gonna cut the cost here. We don't need good action. We know people are gonna show up. We just need to make sure that we explain. I the- don't. I don't know if this is like maybe it's like maybe they shot everything they shot right. Maybe let's say everything was done to what like let's say let's say there was a there was a good like overall let's say a great movie here right. Maybe it's like on the editing floor. And then when you get people in a room, they're like, oh, no, the, you know, again, the committee just sits there and is like, no, we should cut this out, make it shorter. And then there's just like too many cooks in the kitchen. Well, we don't know. That's we what I'm saying. Like, don't. I don't know if there was the, the fault. Because whatever it was, it wasn't in the movie. Yeah. Like, this, this just, ain't it. This ain't it. I feel like it just didn't keep me entertained. And, I, you know, it sucks because I don't want to shit on this movie. I do. I don't I don't think. Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like if you're going to have, if this is like the first female, like, Marvel hero to get her own movie and, like, you just give her, like, a fucking half-ass fucking, I feel like... It, like it's not a good it's it's like in order to fill in for the theme of like riding on female empowerment which it totally feels like they're riding on it uh you're cutting corners elsewhere when when all you had to do is take all that forced undertones out and just make a a badass movie who that happens to have a strong female in the lead that's all you had to do Let's see what else sucks about <laughs> No, uh there's very little good for me in this movie. It just feels like in- incoherent I'm, shit in my face. Yeah, this is just another kind of like I think I put it up there with like the Doctor Stranges. I put this up there with. Let's see what else was like Thor one and two. I never watched Thor one or two. Uh, I, like I said, it's funny. I've never watched a lot of these Marvel movies. Uh, funny enough, I still haven't watched Avengers two. Uh, the the age of uh, Ultrons, multiple Ultrons. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's up there as those like kind of very passable. Like it did its job, but I I'm not gonna remember this in a year. I'm gonna forget that I watched it. Same I thing. But I forget it when I leave. Yeah, like Ant Man and the Wasp. Like I completely forgot that yeah, movie, that except the ending. Thing. That was the only thing I remember, just because I like the ending. I don't remember the ending. I like the or oh, the end credit sequence. That's what I liked. Didn't see it. Never will. Infinity War related. I was like the only one that got up and walked out before the. Yo, I, I did that. One. I did that today, man. I was like sitting there, like I saw the end credit scene, uh, but staying. there's two, and I was like, I'm not staying for the second. What's one. the first one? Spoilers. Wait, you really want me? Yeah, just fucking. I that honestly don't even know. No, I don't see it. Some something to do with the now Infinity War. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, I guess I'll just watch it online. Yeah, you can read. I always look up post credit scenes while 
the movie's ending to make sure I have to stay. But essentially, um, yeah, I'll go see this fucking Endgame movie. But this isn't setting me up for excitement. And uh, I think that was the point of this whole movie. And I just don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah. I like the Goose the Cat. You know what I rate this bitch? Uh, I didn't mean <laughs> You know. <laughs> hey, you can't. I'm in the movie. You, you guys want to rate this uh, strong woman? <laughs> uh, I give this, uh, like I said, I think it's a fucking two out of five. Ooh, Light. burn. It's like, a dude, it doesn't do anything for me. I'm like, surprised it does anything for anyone. Like, you've seen, I don't understand how people could go. There's moments where I really think Brie Larson, I think the next film, she fucking got it. I, I know get, for a fact in Avengers Endgame, she got it. I don't know. I'm not I convinced think in event, that, I that think, performance is not convincing me. I think in, in Captain Marvel 2, is gonna it's going to be better than this one. I'm excited. Let's you, fucking you know what, get you this shit done. You know what this done. movie is like, and the fact that people will like this movie, but they'll also like like the good Marvel movies too. They just like anything Marvel, but like it doesn't. It doesn't equate to like. For instance, I could eat a Big Mac, but you know, just eat it and not it's throw food. up. You know, it's like it's a tasty piece of junk food. Where's this metaphor going? But I could also eat a. Fl- there. Hey, no, it's I, getting there. Yeah, I could eat a flame and yawn as well, and I know the difference, right? Um, but like, I feel like people are eating the Big Mac and the flame and yawn and not even tasting the difference. <laughs> Like, it's just beef to them. It all tastes the same. And I think they'll like whatever Marvel puts out, and I think that's weird. That's because if you're breathing out of your mouth, you can't taste it. Oh, right, right. Yeah, if their noses are clogged up. Yeah. there. I see I see where the term <laughs> mouth breathers comes from. Full 360. All right, yeah, man, I, I'm giving it to one of the, that one star is probably from the cat. But, yeah, two out of five, man. This is just no excuse for such laziness, you know? Oh, that's what happens at the end, the post-credit sequence. Interesting. Yeah. Woo! Endgame! I'm excited. Not really. Uh, what are we talking about? Sorry, I was reading that. What What you reading, Harvey? <laughs> um, I'm torn a bit. Just uh, give it a five. You know he, you're going to give it. He loved it. He loved that shit. I'm torn. I think I would give it, I suppose, a two and a half out of five. Well, he loved it. Um, I don't. I don't think Brie Larson's character was necessarily written anywhere remotely close to the definition of well. But I do like Brie Larson, and I think she was charming and charismatic as a superhero and as this character. If that makes sense, the shell of it was that is Brie Larson was good, but uh, everything beneath that was horseshit. Yeah, man, this is rough. Um, I'm surprised it's like 80% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. What, what I I think this is Wonder Woman all over again. Here's yeah, what I can't in- believe that the majority of critics thought. Here's this why was like, I think they're afraid. Movie. I absolutely think they're afraid because it's a movie about female empowerment. Um, if you look at the audience score, you know, usually when the these big blockbusters come out, the audience score is really high. And then the critics are like, yeah, this is kind of a trashy blockbuster that we don't like. And they'll rate it like a 50% like consensus. This movie's the opposite. The audience is at 50%. And out of like thousands of reviews, 
Oh. And the the critics, who are probably afraid because they're under the public eye, are giving it a, a higher positivity. Yeah. I seriously think that's it. I mean, I don't think it's ridiculous to believe so. But, I mean, I don't know. I think the audiences are literally seeing that it's just not that entertaining. It's just it's boring. It's because, sloggy. Yeah, they've they've grown accustomed to, like, good, like... So maybe they changing. do know the difference between a uh, Big Mac and a Flamingo. No, I think people do. I think I just think uh, I don't know. People who want to watch this, watch it, enjoy it. You know, if you, this is your kind of fucking thing, get it. Like, but at the end of the day, I just didn't do anything for me, and I, I think it was kind of I hate to say lazy. It just just bland, very bland for me. All right, so we're gonna have a we're gonna have an issue. Um, next week we're gonna I'm gonna pick a movie for next week, but um. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about this, unless you know of something I don't know of. Um, but I feel like we might be better off with a Netflix movie. What if you don't have Netflix? Um, well, you can log into one of ours. We have, but, well, here's the problem. Does this us re- come out next week? What, what's up? No, us is looking like it might come out in New York. If it is, we could do us. If it's in New York, it says twenty second, but who knows? We might get a. It's at South by Southwest right now, like this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, if us does show this uh, weekend, which I haven't checked yet. Otherwise, I was gonna say there's like that Ben Affleck, Charlie Hunnam, like war movie coming out on Netflix called like Triple Frontier mm-hmm. or some shit. Yeah, Triple Frontier, which looks interesting. Oh, I heard about this. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's I'm I'm torn. Yeah, we'll figure it out. It's showing. Might go ways. Showing at Alamo Draft House next Sunday. What? Only Sunday? Yeah. Us? Wait, no, it's Saturday too. Oh, uh, I don't see Saturday on there. I see Friday as well. Really? Yeah. What the fuck? Oh, hold on. I might have to buy tickets. I'm show. wrong. I was looking yeah. at the wrong date. Yeah, Google does not fail me. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of risky. We can always watch Climax. I don't know. We could get that early review in of us, too, instead of having to wait another week. Wait, I'm seeing oh, AMC Rockaway. <laughs> AMC Rockaway has it on Saturday. Really? What the fuck is up with a Saturday premiere? I don't understand that. That's a good question. All right. I think, I think it's going to start filling out as time... All right. Well, if we yeah. can, we will try to do. It's that. actually playing at multiple theaters. Thursday, twenty first, Williamsburg Cinema, Nighthawk. Uh, okay. Dude, I'm getting all these showings. Yeah, let's watch us. What the fuck? Are you sure? Dude, the I'm right lo- date? the twenty first, right? No. Oh, why the fuck am I getting this then? This is seventeenth. No, we we need it by like the sixteenth or seventeenth. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is playing Alamo Draft House on Sunday at twelve thirty p.m. Are we? What are we doing? What are we doing right now? This is fucking. This is terrible podcasting. Let's could, figure this out later. We could. We could try that. We'd have to buy our tickets early. Yeah, let's probably let's, sold out. Yeah, it's probably sold out. All right, let's figure this shit out later. Uh, all right. So possibly giving you an early review of us next week. If not, who the fuck knows? Okay, so. Our topic this week is somewhat pertaining to Captain Marvel, but I, I think we see this in a lot of movies as of lately. Um, essentially, we're just going to be discussing political or social undertones in films. Essentially, uh, 
I think it's usually stuff that the audience doesn't quite catch. Uh, it's more of a subliminal thing. You see it a lot in kids' movies, too. You kind of, like, wonder if the kids are, like, being programmed in, in a sense. Like, are they going to take these, these virtues with them as they as they grow? Not too sure. Uh, I think we should talk about it. Um, so, for instance, Captain Marvel. Um, there, the film has been mostly about f- female empowerment, and I'd say it's an undertone. It's pretty obvious, though, in a corny way, I think, but I think that considered is considered an undertone. Um, I've also heard a theory on it being uh, related to uh, with, the, with the green guys, the goblins, whatever the fuck they're called. Scrolls. Yeah, the scrolls. Um, talking a little bit about... Uh, Refugees? Oh, well, maybe like or Palestine and Israel at the moment. Um, yeah, I'm not 100% sure on that. And sometimes I wonder if these themes are... are just not done on purpose but they're you know you write what you know and they're it's kind of just happens you know it's just a lot of times there's crossover between what's happening in real life and what's happening in films yeah that metaphor would definitely apply i think well shit that's a spoiler um, yeah whatever <laughs> it's not it's kind of vague <laughs> it's kind of vague it's you'll, all right you'll be fine you'll be fine it's not even a fucking good movie uh, and if you think so, tell us a lot, of course. We're always open to oh, hearing goodness. your side of the story. But I think the only way you can defend this movie is, oh, I don't know, I had fun. Like, all right, whatever. Jeffrey Dahmer had fun eating people. Those things are the same. And I don't enjoy eating people, so maybe we just don't click. Jesus, did I just, <laughs> did I just equate... Did I just equate people who happen to like a blockbuster to Jeffrey Dahmer? To cannibalism, yeah, you did. Jesus, I'm, I'm brutal. All right, what what are some examples you guys think of, of this happening? Do you know any off the top of your head? I mean, I think, uh, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head right now. Maybe in a second. But I think that, I don't know, I just wanted to say that I think that I think that this is one of the reasons. I think this is the reason that film exists for the for, for the most part. I think that that is the reason art exists um, to reflect life and distort it. I think it furthers ideas and conversations about the topics and and things that they're about. I think that some movies definitely mismanage that as. I believe Captain Marvel did, but there are some films like Capernaum that that nail it and they further the conversation about it and and give people an intimate look into the issues that they're that they're telling the story about. But wouldn't you say that's uh, more of an overtone kind of? I suppose. Like, well, what I mean is like like for instance, I feel like Pixar movies do it a lot. Um what are some Pixar movies? There's the one about the... Well, not Zootopia. The, yeah, Zootopia. Right. That's a great example. Absolutely perfect example. Essentially, what I heard about that movie is that they rewrote it just to spin that that political narrative. Um, yeah. So, essentially, what's the... What is it again? Like, just... Uh, the herbivores br- and the uh, carnivores and how 
they're seen as a threat in society. They're trying to coexist, but I guess since they, right, I guess it's not really that good of a. I thought there was like police brutality. There, there's a certain level of that, and yeah. there, there's layers to it. It's just uh, as I'm thinking about it, it's like now it's kind of weird. Well, they're, they're saying that they're predisposed. Uh, they're predisposed to be more aggressive, and obviously, and they're really you know touching it's about on racism. prejudice. Yeah, prejudice. Right. And, yeah. You know. That movie is clearly doing it on purpose. Yeah. Um, but do you think it's necessary? Does, does it actually fall onto its audience? Or is uh, it just for us people who actually do try to scratch through the surface of films? I think I think, I think there's always a hope that maybe you're reaching someone. You're trying to reach a, a broader right. audience. Right. It could be but, some but, sort of subliminal messaging. But I think at the end of the day, it's like, it's for those who seek it out. Like someone could watch like a piece of art or watch something in won't get the same interpretation as everyone else. So really it is up to the viewer to really dig deep and try to get more out of it. You know, I can sit there and watch, you know, like, again, I'll mention one of my favorite animes, uh, Cowboy Bebop. Like I can sit there and make someone watch it and they probably won't see what I'm seeing where it's, you know, for me, it's like a story of people who are running away. You know, it's a deep, it's like, like people won't see that. People are just thinking, no, look, it's it's about, cowboys or like you know bounty hunters in space and there's action and shit but you know when you look into the characters there's something way more there and looking at the story and how it flows there's obviously depth there but it is it with any piece of artistic medium it's is whatever you get out of it some people can look at a painting like oh wow that looks beautiful or that's nice but then there's the other person who looks a little bit more and tries to see like the strokes of the brush or whatever the fuck they, they do yeah, I think I it. I think it's more interesting though. In like, like for like Coco, there was definitely some themes there. <laughs> no, I mean, at least with Coco, there's something there. <laughs> no, I mean the they're trying to get in somewhere, right? No. Well, oh, you talking about like the border crossing? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's there's definitely some. some Possibly, I don't. I, I I didn't see that. I, I, I thought it was a story about, you know, family lineage and, like, I, I think it has something else. But for me, if you want to look at that, then, yeah, I mean, well, that's your the, interpretation But family lineage things, I think that's overtones. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the thing, though. I feel like, you know, if that's what you get out of it or that's what you see, then that's what yeah. you see. I don't know. It's a weird... It's well, a weird subject. There's certain movies who handle it well. Like like we said, there's certain films who are very heavy-handed and it's, like, to a point where, like, this is, like either preachy or it's just kind of like like it's just like you know you can do this better you know like this is, this is not how you would do this yeah it's it's, it's kind of i don't I know. think that all i don't know for the most part when i think of a great movie and about what that movie says i think it's usually steeped in some sort of social or personal or just commentary it's commentary on something and I think that oftentimes if a movie doesn't include that, it's not necessarily a great movie in my eyes. I think that the most important thing about it is style and the way in which it handles its you, topic. Yeah. And I think that I think Zootopia was an okay movie, but I think that the way in which it handles the subject matter isn't necessarily stylish or oh no, it's pretty enough, a, yeah, like a, a tremendous amount of skill. Yeah, I enjoyed Zootopia. I think that's the difference. And yeah. I just wonder making it feel like an undertone could, or an overtone. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. I don't know. Like, yeah. if if I watch a film and I get something like 
I like the idea of like going back to it and analyzing and like really trying to understand. I don't know. Like that's what I get a lot of excitement and enjoy. But we're such a minority audience for stuff like like films like that. I just wonder if those films, act, those messages even reach its core audience. You know? Yeah. Where like for instance, Pixar movies do it a lot, but like I I would love to see a study where you know. Does this actually affect the kids, or are you just putting it in there for the parents to go? <laughs> That's what that movie was about, you know? Yeah, I think obviously. I don't think. I don't think. It, I hate to say all kids are just like short sighted. I think. Uh, I don't think all kids, but it's it's hard to like, assume teach them that empathy. Or something. I think in a direct sense, it does fly it over d- their head, but I yeah. think they definitely internalize those values and exactly, the things that they exactly get right. from the movies. It's like when you know, yeah, you know, like no matter what you do and like in life, like the stuff you watch growing up or the, like, any kind of art that you consume, like is like you internalized it and you will always remember it if if it had an impact or not. So I don't think it's like something like they're like, oh wow, that was so deep. After the movie, they're probably like, no, look at that, that shit was so fucking awesome. Look at all the colors. Um, well, this brings me... Well, I don't know if we have too much more to say about this. Um, but... <laughs> I do I do want to state something I've found in my research is that the oftentimes these political messages are highly criticized by conservative people. Nice. Um, and there's... Let's shit on them for there's, like an hour. There's a conservopedia.com uh, essay with a chart saying the worst liberal movies. Now, keep in mind, these aren't liberal <sighs> movies. They're, I mean, obviously they're Please made... Please fire it off. I want to hear this shit. They're made by Hollywood, and I guess you could say that Hollywood is liberal. Uh, first notable one on the list is American Psycho. Don't be fooled by the false patriotic title. It's the most anti-American film you'll ever see because it attempts to pass a stockbroker off as a secret serial killer. It's not. It's How not is American Psycho and a, a patriotic title in the first place. Yeah, How's the word American. American. The word American. <laughs> uh, Apocalypse Now. This overindulgent anti-war diatribe portrays the American just military. Just because you use as, diatribe doesn't make you fucking smart. <laughs> it portrays the American military as corrupt, incompetent. Drug users. I think these people are honestly missing the point. I don't think th- those are even the political. Well, yeah. Well, Apocalypse Now definitely has some anti-war. Um, but how are you not fucking anti-war? Why do you like war? Yeah, like what the fuck's <laughs> like? I don't understand. You get nothing yeah, out of this it. This is one of the worst wars we ever had. Uh, that's that's interesting. Um, do you have a Do you have another gem? I want to hear one uh, more. more modern one. Yeah, I want a more modern one. I want to hear this shit. Uh, give me one sec. So there was actually another. Sometimes you gotta bomb them. That's the only way to put them in place. <laughs> Fuck, I, I lost think that's it. That's the mindset of that user, probably. I think that who I've never met a person that didn't like Apocalypse. Now, I didn't know. I figured some people probably thought it was a bit too indulgent, which I would agree to a degree. But I think that in terms of, I don't know, just the the filmmaking. That's a an incredible. That's an incredible movie. Yeah, I'm having an issue finding the one that I saw. Um, That's too bad. But essentially, I oh wait, I found it. I found it. There too. I actually found it. Never mind. Uh, this one's a little bit different, but um, this one has the Dark Knight. Uh, essentially, oh wait, no, this is not it. Fuck, I'm sorry, I messed up. The Dark Knight. 
Oh, that's disappointing. I would love to hear that one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious. No, that's not on the list. That uh, I just find it so interesting. Uh, anything that's like I, I just don't get it. It's like it's like this is the shit you need to stay away from. That's the thing that I never understood. Essentially, about what like, what it is is an attitude that like oh, politics don't belong in film. Like any like political or social. You hear issues. that a lot. You you hear that a lot in the video game uh, industry as well. You know, you get a lot of people online saying keep your politics out of my video games, or whatever, which is ridiculous comment. Uh, to tone us on itself. It's just like it's like of course it's gonna be there. It's an artistic medium, and you and no matter what story, it's sorry, it's not you know fucking shooting, you know terrorists the whole time. You know sometimes you want a little bit depth or nuance, and you know there's there's a community out there that believes that like you know you know there was an uproar I think for a, a game that came out or trailer that released last year was uh, Last of Us 2, and people were complaining that the lead character is a lesbian, and it's just like, why are you putting this SJW bullshit in my video game? It's just like, it's just a part of her she, who she is. I don't understand why it's bothering you. It's The game's still going to play the same. It's still going it, to... It's still the same thing. I mean, you love the first one before you knew who she was. But why you got to teach it to my children? It, it's just so weird. Like, I don't understand... It's like why. when everyone freaked out uh, when Disney channel had like a cartoon with like uh same sex yeah there was there was stuff. yeah i had an argument with someone again about that that whole idea too someone at my uh at a restaurant who's complaining about this like he's like i don't want my kids washing that shit and i'm just like what how does that affect you like why is it it's because you're gonna teach them i'm like teach them what like it's just teach them how to be gay <laughs> that, exactly i was just like what the fuck i was like he's like like you don't what? <laughs> my well, brain shut off. I mean, off. that's part of it, though. I mean, my my brain literally shut off at one point. I'm like, I can't talk they, to you. They don't actually believe that. Um, I don't that, know. It's just being gay is. A tr- I don't know. I just feel like that's that's a weird stance to have. I mean, art's always gonna make it's it's inherently what art is. It's just a commentary on life. Hey, man, you can always watch the uh, God's Not Dead series. You know, if it bothers you that much, you get some nice. I heard that that stuff is a. Uh, Pretty fucking bad. What's God's Not Dead? You never, like you never heard really God's Not Dead? Friend, it has like us. fucking four movies, and Kevin Sorbo's in one. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's basically about atheists questioning religious people, and but these are the most ridiculous atheists you'll ever see because they're just like, they're just like, I'm atheist, and just like shitting on Christians constantly, oh, yeah. and just like questioning their beliefs. Like he's like, I'm an atheist. I don't fucking going around asking people if they believe in God or if people say God bless you. I don't go over there and just like he's like no, no, <laughs> and stop them. <laughs> the fuck? I haven't seen that. I have seen the Left Behind series though. That's also. Oh, well, speaking of the de- the devil, um, movie that came out last year, Love Simon. Didn't see it, but very popular, I believe. Right? Yeah, it was. All right, Conservapedia dot com says. This coming-of-age film is an attempt by Hollywood to create a family-friendly pseudo-conservative take on the gay romance genre. While in theory this sounds less objectionable than most offerings of its kind, it could also be considered more deceptive and dangerous. This is because it obscures the uglier, raunchier aspects of the gay lifestyle. In order to create, <laughs> in order to create a very misleading, heartwarming fantasy of gay life and relationships. I don't really know what that means. God damn, this motherfucker's out for blood. The Matrix Chiller tr- trilogy. 
Oh yeah, that's, that's too long. It's way too long. Can't Damn, we should I mean, bring this segment to the podcast. <laughs> Yo, like this is great, man. Midnight this is in Paris. All right, hey, how, all right, all right, right. <laughs> we need to save. These are gold. We need to bring this up later on, dude. This is so wait, fucking wait, wait, good. Let me read. Let me read Midnight in Paris. All right, give a dude, 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 dude. I got, I got, <laughs> I got a perfect title for this segment. <laughs> what? Y'all ready? Yeah. <laughs> Do the all right film. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good, dude. This is so fucking good. Uh, all right, so this person uh, on Midnight in Paris, the main character uh, is a liberal author and is open-minded and intellectual. He has an unsuccessful relationship with a woman whose family is Republican, and are depicted as being materialistic and selfish. But they are <laughs> and hateful towards any country that is not the United States. They are. I mean. Milk. Can we save some of these for the future? Yeah, let's save these, man. These are two. This is gold, man. This is like, this is absurd. Well, I gotta read this one. I gotta read this one. I gotta read this one. This is the last one. Last one. All right, last one. milk. There's nothing wrong with the film, right? But here's what's wrong. Milk? Yeah. I mean, Sean, Sean Penn portrays openly homosexual politician Harvey Milk in this biography. Oh, it's just, that's, that's my the problem. Just problem with just straight up. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> It's like nothing else, nothing else about the film. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on. Oh, that's, that's a difficult that's... one too because it actually <laughs> happened. It's a true story. So how... <laughs> he's not perceiving it incorrectly. That's yeah, what the film is about. about. Yeah. Like he just doesn't like it. It's, uh, it's wrong. It's fucked up on multiple fronts. This is this is great. I think we should really just keep goddamn on liberal movies, conservative or alt fucking uh, alt right films or the ones they. This is great, man. It's just funny because if you were to counter it with conservative films, could you even... Conservative fucking films are trash. Do they even exist? Yeah, they do. I mean, I'm sure they do. Actually, it, yeah. It's in some echo chamber that we What's don't that? have access there's to? There's one with Kate Mara. Um, there's one with Kate Mara where she's... Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot Look, of fucking... Yeah, there's, uh, there's actually... There's uh, there's an actual brand All those of, Navy SEALs movies, I think. Oh, I guess, yeah, like... Military uh, nationalism but, type or, stuff. But the thing is, who are they preaching to? Because the whole point of these movies are to try to bring someone closer to God or closer to like the, their way of thinking. But the only thing you're pre- you're only preaching to your own fucking people. So who are you really bringing in with these movies? Some could say the same about. Well, actually, you know, no. liberal movies have a much farther reach. Yeah, because they're the bigger blockbusters. All right, cool. Let's play the game. The more popular. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're gonna play the game. Uh, sorry to get all political on you, but you can't deny that, that wasn't funny. Uh, this is called Get Wrecked. Uh, we're gonna roll a three-sided die, or sorry, three-sided, twelve-sided die. Hey guys, what's up? You want to know what the production company for God's Not the Dead One Through Twenty is? What is it? Pure Flix. Pure Flix. Nice. Ooh. That's a bit on the nose. Just wait. Just so wait. So pure. We got God's Not Dead Two, and then we got God's Not Dead. A light and darkness. Oh, I saw the trailer for that. Topher Grace is in. What are you doing, Topher Grace? Topher Grace, well, he doesn't have much going on right now. Let's be honest. Yeah, you're right. All right, so we're playing Get Wrecked, 12-sided dice. Whoever rolls the highest number assigns a movie to the roller of the lowest number. We are playing by old classic. It's called Get Wrecked Classic uh, because Sean is not here, and when you have three people, it kind of uh, throws off the, uh, the stakes. So let's do it. Uh, now I have the opportunity to lose twice in a row, which I don't like, but uh, I will accept. Okay. Yeah, did you really have to say all that? I did. I did. 
stay my peace. Right. Harvey's rolling now. Let's see if he's he's gonna come out on top. Uh, he's seven. got a solid one. I think it's a one, buddy. Fuck. That was a seven. <laughs> nah, that looked like a one from this angle. Harvey's pretty much in the dumpster at this point. Yeah. Unless you Oh fuck, I thought it was a one. I got a seven. Steve? How's it how's this gonna happen? Twelve. Ooh, Steve wins again. He's got to sign. Really? Yeah, you got to sign Harvey a movie. I've been lost in a long time, actually. You deserve this. To get what's Captain Marvel too. When it comes out, when you it comes out, it. you have to see you know, it. You're gonna send me on a fucking mission to steal Captain Marvel two <laughs> from fucking Disney's vault. Disney's vault. <laughs> I heard they're fucking ruthless out there. So I know you like uh, scary movies. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I. I talked about this film like last year sometime i don't remember when i think it was in the summer possibly uh it's called the black coat's daughter oh i've actually seen it really no bitch <laughs> <laughs> that would have been pretty good i'm like fuck i'm like i have to go back and find another one um i would have gave you one i remember this one fondly just because it was it just didn't get enough like hype i feel in terms of like horror movies like i know the Community is pretty big, or just people talking about like good ones, and I remember enjoying. I this think a they lot. get enough hype. Yeah, I haven't watched. Uh, it's it's. I haven't watched a lot of horrors lately, so this it's subtle, like a be lot refreshing. of Yeah, just go. I mean, I think you're very open open about horror movies, but it it's I mean, it takes its time. Watch and it's anything. you know it's. Uh, I would the one thing I remember about this film, I don't know why, but it was like quiet. That's the one thing I did remember. Uh, it's quiet. Yeah, because it takes place at a boarding school during uh, summer or Christmas break. So it's only like a handful of people there. It's no quiet, quiet place. Quiet can be good. Quiet gives you time to think, time to imagine shit. Uh, daydream. Space. I definitely like the ending. <laughs> uh, spoiler, yeah, so, bro. Uh, Come on. Yeah. It's not a spoiler. Uh, so yeah, Black Coat's Daughter. All right, Black cool. I cool. might rewatch this just because I'm curious again. Actually, I want to watch no, the Innkeeper. Don't, don't rewatch it. Innkeeper. Why, watch it. Why don't you watch an, yeah. a new movie? I want to watch Innkeepers. Go to a theater and watch a movie. I'm going to go to watch Innkeepers. I heard that's good. How about not Stars Born? Why? It's because it's like you're pushing is that it on. Movie? Or are you talking about Ty West uh, Innkeepers? That's the one, Ty West. Oh. I heard, I've never seen it. I heard it's good. Yeah. I mean, it's not the first Ty West movie I would recommend. But Which one do you recommend? Probably House of the Devil. I heard he he said it was okay. I mean, me? Yeah. I mean, you can't fucking listen to anything I say about horror movies. That's true. You'd probably. I actually. Uh, I think you'd like it. It's, really? It's a good movie. Yeah. Okay. Fuck. All right. Well, it's we're not done. corny. That's that's for sure. It's it's interesting. All right. Then shit. All right. Well, I guess that's it for us. Yeah. Uh, thanks for stopping by for our riveting review of Captain Marvel. You know, we went really long. I think on that. I think we went longer than I expected to. Um. Sure. But hey, man, it's a big movie. People are talking about it. So, of course, we would be as well. So, all right. That does it for us. Let us know what you thought of Captain Marvel. Uh, if you have some counter arguments, uh, send it directly to Thomas. Yeah, send it to me. And don't pull this, but, you know, it happened in the comics. I don't give a fuck if it happened in the comics, okay? <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Now, for real, let us know what you thought. Um, and, of course, if you have any topic suggestions you want to hear, like, uh, I don't know, favorite dumb characters we could do that uh anyways that's gonna be it for us go ahead and leave us a review on itunes if you're listening and you enjoyed the episode 
Um, we're also on Spotify if you want to listen there as well. And go ahead and follow our social media. We're on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We are do the right film underscore podcast. We also have a website, do the right film.com where you can find all of our episodes neatly arranged on there for your listening pleasure. Now, that being said, it's time to end the show. Um, how should we end it, Steve? <sighs> the catchphrase. <laughs>